I'm Peter Kimball, and this is Top New Filmmakers, where we introduce you to filmmakers you might not have heard of, but definitely should pay attention to. And today we're talking with Jonathan Sims, John Sims, uh, who's worked on VFX for basically every show and movie you've ever seen, but he's also a writer and director, and he's notably the director of the VR film Be Your Own Dentist, which recently played at Slamdance. So uh, we want to cover a whole lot of whole lot of ground today, but first of all, thank you for, for joining me, John. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, and I want to talk about be your own dentist, your other projects, your opinions and views on film, and your own background in the film industry. Um, but I want to start off with a question: If you were at like a Thanksgiving dinner with an aunt and uncle, and they ask, "What do you do?" Right? Uh, how would you describe? How would you describe that? I, I like answering that question by just talking about what I've done last, or what I'm working on now. Cause that makes it much more concrete, right? Like, um, so yeah, what I would say is, um, I would say that, uh, what I say is like, I have been making virtual reality for drag queens and people seem to like that against all odds. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, 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 and then, and then typically, typically either the questions stop or they keep coming. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Okay. Absolutely. So, and I want to, I want to dive into uh, your experience and, and what brought you to where you are today and where you want to go in the future. Um, so just a, a little background, I guess, where, where are you from? Where did you grow up? I, um, I'm from all over. I grew up in a military family. Um, uh, so I was an Air Force brat. Um, most of my childhood was spent in Arizona. Uh, Tucson and Phoenix and Chandler, uh, um, and um, I so I grew up in the desert in the suburbs in like a very like vaporwave dream world uh, before kind of everything started to fall apart um, on 9/11. Um, the 90s were this very special time of like kind of like faux optimism and techno utopianism, um, which I think is where my interest in virtual reality and all this stuff kind of came from. Is it's all very much like a part of like proto proto web and web 1.0 which is what i grew up around as a kid um um so and then i and then i went to um i went to usc cinema um and i've at this point been in la for almost most of my life uh okay um so yeah i consider myself equally from california and arizona okay so you went to usc as an undergrad mm -hmm. yeah and so what what drew you to that um already as an undergrad going to going to film school how how did you make that decision well it's it's funny so like i mean i as as much as i'm like people see me as like a weirdo like weirdo artist um like i love star wars like like i have a deep and abiding love for like not just star wars but like you know you know the stuff that made star wars like kurosawa and like you know westerns and like um so i went there for george lucas like that's like a <laughs> shitty easy answer but like i i like when I talk about like my favorite movies, like I, I like to say that um like prior to puberty, like it's like Star Wars, and then after puberty, it's Blue Velvet. Okay. <laughs> so it's like so like really like there is a parallel universe where you know David Lynch was supposed to direct um Return of the Jedi, like that was actually supposed to happen. Um, he didn't. He he he. That's um, that's true. That's it's true. It's oh, absolutely I didn't know that. true. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Mr. Lynch in charge of Java's palace. Wow. 
what a world what a what a cosmos it would be like to live in to live in in, 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 a, in if, if if that's what actually happened but then we wouldn't have gotten blue velvet because i think the deal he made with dino de laurentis he directed dune which was his least favorite movie but then that let him direct blue velvet so it all kind of washed out in the end but to answer your question um um i i, I guess from my beginning, I've been kind of driven by contradiction and paradox with, you know, George Lucas and David Lynch being my primary, I think, influence. <laughs> that's, that's such an interesting uh, recipe for, uh, for your creativity, though. I think that, that paradox and contradiction, that's, that's got to inform what you're doing now, too. Um, yeah, I think, look, I think genre is like a really great way to deliver, you know, anything, you know. Um, and uh, I think that genre is an important ritual that we all uh, can participate in together. And it works, right? It's, it, it works. Um, and I think that if you respect the rules of genre, people know what you're, people have faith in you and they trust you. And then, you know, you can do things with that trust. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you, can, you can betray it or you can reward it. Um, and uh, and I, I, think, um, I think it's a good thing. I, I, I'm not, I, don't, I, I think that transgression is important. But I think that um, um, genre is also, also, also good. So on that, do you, do you feel like what what genres draw you in the most? What are you most excited about, either either viewing or making? Um, I love horror. Uh, I love I love horror. I love science fiction. I love fantasy. Um, I love I love those. Um, I love them each for different reasons. Um, I like horror because I really do like um, being, I don't want to say cruel, but like challenging an audience with, with images. Like um, an, an audience goes into something, you know, saying like, you know, a horror movie, horror movies basically like an audience member walking in saying, do your worst, right? Do your worst, you know, um, scare me, disturb me, traumatize me. It's a dare, right? It's this really fascinating, it's almost, it's almost like BDSM a bit. It's like they're they're challenging you to meet an expectation, um, and I think that's a really interesting idea. Um, um, and then and and you can do that, or you can just be have fun with it. You know, um, you don't have to take it seriously. You can be campy. That's the thing about genre is 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 it can go in either direction. It can be sincere, or it can be it can be silly. Um, so that's horror, um, fantasy. Uh, yeah, fantasy and sci-fi are. are are genres that get, um, I think, confused a lot. Mm -hmm. Like, like Star Wars is a fantasy story. Dune is science fiction. Um, like, um, how would you define the distinction be between those then? Uh, science fiction is about um, how technology alters um, ethical and moral questions that we're familiar with. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, how if things were different, if te if we were allowed to do different things, usually through technology, um, you know, how that affects. Uh, our own um, um, sense of right and wrong, and what is and, and, and how we how we engage um, ourselves and the people around us, and and fantasy is more about um, well fantasy. It's about it's typically about a simpler a simpler universe, right? Where those those moral questions are like kind of not like not as important, and mm -hmm. everything's kind of reduced down to this very black and white kind of thing. And these very basic kind of childish ideas can be portrayed in really rich, vibrant, um, interesting, fantastic ways, right? And it's, it's a return to childhood, I think, which is an, an important thing that everybody should do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and with, those, with those genres, do you feel like a need to 
subvert them or do you like seeing them just executed well is you see yeah yeah that's a good that's a good question um i think it's a it's a case-by-case basis i think it's important to people i think i think i think people should have fun in the movies i think that should be a director's in most cases priority yeah i think i think things can be challenging you know we're not, we're not talking about like you know like um i mean um i love gaspar noe Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, I have fun in the Gaspar Noe movie. I don't think yeah. everybody else does, but like he knows what turns him on. He knows why, what gets him excited. Like to answer your question, like, so like, I, I think like, Gas, like Gaspar Noe goes into a film thinking, I know what exhilarates me. Mm-hmm. I know what terrifies me. I know what disturbs me. I know what really gets me excited. And I'm going to do precisely that. And the people that vibe with that are going to like it. And the people that don't, aren't. And, you know, we'll let, the, you know, we'll let the screening sort that out and we'll let, you know, Twitter sort that out. Um, but uh, so as far as like, I don't, you know, I, I, I this is a question that came up with um, Be Your Own Dentist at um, Aesthetica. Um, uh, by the way, Be Your Own Dentist um, is a promotional piece for the drag icon Katya um, for her, uh, her album um, Vampire Fitness. Um, it was basically uh, an elaborate music video for her. Um, uh, one of the, there, one of the judges came up to me and, you know, I gave a talk and, and, um, and I, I was on a panel and I, I mentioned about how in VR, you have to be really sensitive to, to your audience's, um, uh, needs, uh, and boundaries because you're, you're like, so you're, you're it's such an intimate experience, like a, a, an immersive film, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, you really do have more power than you normally do. As a creator, <laughs> and um, afterwards he came up to me. He was like, "I find it very ironic that you said that because I couldn't watch the rest of your film because it was so disturbing." And like, <laughs> and like, and I was like, "Well, I think it, in, in the talk, I was like, it is possible to go too far," is what I said. And he said, "Funny interesting you said it because you know I think you went too." He didn't say it. <laughs> he was basically saying you went too far. And I was like, "You know what? That's fair. Maybe I did, but lots of people liked it. I'm sorry that you." You know, I don't think he even said he didn't like it. But he was just like, you know, uh, maybe I learned that uh, that lesson on Be Your Dentist, um, which is what a new new media is about, a new format is about, is about exploring those those testing defenses and stuff. Um, but no, I'm not on a mission. To, I don't think I'm on a mission to sub- subvert everything. But um, but I think that people should be on their toes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's a good a good thing. I, I wish that Villeneuve's Dune, which I loved in most cases had just like you know like a little grain of rice and can kill somebody mm-hmm. which is a tiny little speck of it i wish that he would have like watched the inches dune which is of course an imperfect movie and there's even it's very easy to make fun of that movie and talk about how flawed it is and lynch himself has you know spoken that volume about that but to be to be tr- to be clear like that film is full of iconic images um performances that you've never seen and never will see again that stick in your brain. Even if you don't like that movie, you will never forget that Baron Harkin. You will never forget those heart plugs, right? Like, like, you will never forget the way. Um, what's her name? Uh, Sean, Sean, uh, the woman that plays Reverend Mother Guy's Mahim. Her incredible Italian costume, fishnet mm-hmm. fantasy, metal teeth, realness. You will never like. That's so. It's. It is so weird. And, and confident what it is, and like even though the movie might not might not be good, if there was just like a grain of that in Villeneuve's, just like 
because like I get that they're trying to be safe. I get that like this needs this needs to be a franchise. I understand that Dune is this very complicated story. And um, John Spates and Villeneuve, and I know somebody else worked on it, did a fantastic job, like closing the scope of that world to, to just be about Paul Atreides and to make it palatable to a wide audience. And it's, it really is an accomplishment. But I really wish there just would have been something weird or memorable about it. Just, just one, just one scene that made you go, "What the fuck was that?" <laughs> you know. So. <laughs> yeah, it seems like with with films, there's often. Um, I mean, there there are some films that just you know seem to just work on every level, I suppose, and a lot of films that don't work on any level. But it seems like you, you sometimes get a film that's executed very well, but with low ambitions. And then sometimes you get a film where, and not to say that that the new Dune has low ambitions, but you, you sometimes get that versus other films where it doesn't quite come together. But there are elements within it that are way above what you have in the other one. Right. So, like an example of that, and again, I, again, I think the Dune's mono, monochromaity or whatever is very calculated. I think it's a very calculated safety. But like, but so the other one you're talking about is, and this is all going to coming full circle now. It's that other Mobius movie, or uh, is uh, by um, uh, uh, Luc Besson. Um, uh, what's it called? Um, the Fifth Element? Not the oh, Fifth no, Element. No. The one he did recently. It's no, I'm sorry, that wasn't a Mobius comic. That was another French comic. Uh, Revenant, Reva, Reva. What's it called? It's a it's a gigantic French crystalline orgasm, like sci-fi Blade Runner. It's just like this gigantic, bombastic, like nonstop two-hour. Jupiter Ascending? It's Jupiter Ascending is very similar. It's bigger than that. What the, what okay. The I have to find it. It, it. But this is the movie that you're talking about where it's like so big, so out there that. Um, Luc Besson. You can keep putting all this up. Uh, Luc Besson, Space Opera. I, I saw it in Nickelodeon. Um, but it's precisely the uh, dichotomy you're talking about. Uh, it starts with an R. Uh, space Opera. Valerian. Valerian. Sorry. Oh, Val yeah. oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, like, on, on yeah. So, Valerian is an example, and very similar. Like, you don't have Valerian without Dune, but Valerian's one of those movies that's like just such a mess, and it's so big, it's swinging for every single defense. Um, you know, that's an interesting. Yeah, yeah. I didn't enjoy Valerian. I did enjoy Dune, mm -hmm. um, but I I can respect what Valerian was trying to do. <laughs> And as a director yourself, do you are you more drawn to pushing yourself, uh, telling stories, finding those elements that might not completely work but are really exciting to you, or are you more drawn to the telling the story in its completeness? You know, those those might both be important, but you know, right. if you're drawn one more to the other, no. Well, so I think for me, it it, it begins. For me, it always the creative process always begins with an image, an image or a highly cinematic moment that I'm really attached to, and then my challenge is to figure out how to wrap that in a way where I get to do that right, like I get to have that moment, and I think that really comes from my love of Danny Boyle, on mm -hmm. um, um, his. All of his movies have this, not all of them, but a lot of them 
um, are uh, have this this crescendo, right? This victorious, like almost like uh, like like um, sprint toward the climax with the character, and it's set to music, and it's like it's like that's I've always loved that. I remember. I think it actually predates my interest in Danny Boyle. I remember listening to the Boy Girl song by Aphex Twin when I was in middle school, and um, uh, which is an incredible track. I'm sure it's been used in lots of things now. And just fantasizing about what kind of story I could tell that could end with that song, end with that sequence, right? Mm. Um, and um, it's taken me a long time to be able to get to that point where I can like actually construct something. And then when someone like Katya comes to you, and it's irrelevant. You don't have to do that because it's just weird. You're just inside of her brain. And you're just like, you know, when you're working with someone like Katya, it's like, you don't have to worry. Like, I, you know, I'm, she's like, where's the line, Katya? Oh, honey, there's no line. <laughs> so we're just, we're just gonna, we're just gonna do this. Um, but um, yeah, I, I think to answer your question, I, I, I think um, you were, t- I, I, I think ambiguity is a um, special thing. Um, and it's, it's a, it's a, it's, I don't think ambiguity is fragile, but I think that like ambiguity used correctly can be really fascinating and induce the imagination of, of your audience used wrongly. It can, I think, offend, not offend, but it can like, um, kind of piss people off. It can make them feel like you're lazy, like they've Mm -hmm. been cheated by a lazy storytelling. Um, um, but sometimes it's, 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 I think it's great to just, you know, women who directors just say, this is the way things are, deal with it. You know, like at the end of um, Red State by Kevin, by Kevin Smith, when the, uh, the horns, the horns of the apocalypse sound mm-hmm. you know? and like, you're like, what the f- fuck was that? It doesn't actually matter what it was, you know, and it works. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't feel slighted, but then something like Lost or Prometheus, you're kind of like, well, um, yeah, but how, like, uh-huh. how, like, um, so, yeah. That is a, that is a fine line on, just on a craft <laughs> level of finding that level of ambiguity that still has enough resolution to, to, to work for the audience, even if you're not answering and everything and tying everything up, you, you still have a, enough resolution to feel like, you know, we've come to an ending. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think um, I think um, one of my I, I love the movie Annihilation. That's that's Gareth Edwards, right? I get him confused. With, I think so. I get that's the ex machina guy um, who also wrote, wrote Sunshine was Dan Boyle. See, all my all my favorites are all kind of clustered around a few concepts. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, uh huh. Uh, uh, the Annihilation um, was written by um, uh, Jeff Vandermeer fantastic series of books if no one's if you haven't read that and you like the movie or you wanted to like the movie but you felt like it wasn't great read the read um jeff vandermeer's um work um the area x trilogy or any of his things they're just really great he's also really accessible on facebook if you still have facebook which i don't um, <laughs> um annihilation um is a great example for me of ambiguity that works really well like um i really do i really did like um, the love story between uh, the the scientist and um, Oscar Isaac. It was enough to tether to tether um, that strange world to something. Um, you know, I think you know in, in a novel you can have that thing be more real and subtle than in mm-hmm. like a love story, which you know is probably pretty easy to do. But it's a movie, you know. 
and the book is not like that it's a little bit different um but um i i love the ambiguity in, in annihilation it does it doesn't matter when i watch the movie it doesn't matter where that thing is it doesn't matter where it comes from. it doesn't matter i'm thinking about what it wants what it you know what what it wants what it's thinking what it's feeling you know um and um and then i'm wondering like where that intersects with what Natalie Portman's character is thinking and feeling. And then I start questioning if they're really that different, right? And that's really mm -hmm. cool. And zero explanation, zero, you know, backstory, nothing, you know? And that's um that's good. That's really good storytelling. Yeah. That's you're you're uh you're doing a great job of just giving giving me a lot of things to go back and watch again. But um <laughs> but definitely so I wanna I wanna We've we've been circling around it, but I want to talk about be your own dentist. Um, yeah, and, and you were you were mentioning you know the, these interactions with Katya. So how did how did you get started with this? Yeah, this is a long story. So I was at um, Katya and I were going to work together on a project for the Sundance New Frontiers Lab, also a VR film. Um, they really didn't have much focus, but it had some really strong visual conceits. And we got shortlisted uh, by the New Frontiers program. Um, it was the development lab. And we did uh, an interview with the team. And um, we ended up not being selected, uh, which was disappointing. Um, and um, then a few years went by. And I was in Nickelodeon. And um, Katya and I reconnected. And um, oh, no, wait. Sorry. Scratch that. That's how the first one started. Cut. Uh, so then, um, it, sorry, that's sorry, Nickelodeon. Anyway, so then a few, so then a few years went by, and um, Katya um, was doing like really experimental work on like an OnlyFans account, like making like kind of after hours like art stuff for her like super fans um, that were behind a paywall, and. Um, I wrote, reached out to her through text and was like, hey, do you want to just like do some weird 360 stuff? And she was like, actually, um, do you want to do a, a guided meditation about how to remove your own teeth? <laughs> and, um, and I was like, yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Um, and she sent me the, um, the, 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 the track off Vampire Fitness and um, basically gave me free reign, you know, um, and, you know, we had worked a bit together before, so, like, there was a rapport there. Um, but um, it's really, really amazing to work with somebody that really um, trusts you and respects you and um, gives you the freedom to just uh, do what you want. And um, and uh, I, off the bat, I was like, I want this to be cinematic. I want this to be Yodorowsky's project. Um, and I kind of brought, I, I have a lot of experience with um, elaborate VFX films. And so I, I know how to take a concept and bring it through that hell of production that I view like any filmmaking, like, like um, entering the atmosphere, <laughs> like, um, like uh, you're this year, a, 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 your idea is a chunk of precious cosmic metal and it, it has to Im embed itself in the earth, in the earth of the audience. And in between those two things is this, this inferno, this gaseous inferno that you have to, you know, race through. And as you're going through it, the heat starts peeling off parts of the idea and they start burning up and incinerating the, 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 the heat from the atmosphere starts to like reshape the, the asteroid. And, and, and the thing that ends up landing isn't the thing that like was orbiting like earth, 
um, it's it's been shaped. It's been different, right? So like I, I think that um, especially, especially like a VFX heavy thing, the atmosphere is even more gnarly because there's so many like things that can go wrong. Um, so um, it was fun to use all those skills I, I learned on other people's projects online and, and see it work. Um, and um, I just I'm just really happy with with the world it is. I'm really happy that it's it feels like Dune. You know, it, to me it it. it um, it, the comments and on YouTube to see people say things like, oh, are they Bene Gesserit? And I'm just like, uh, Fuck, yes, they are. Yes, they are. They are totally Bene Gesserit. Like the only like hint of that is the fonts I'm using, uh, the fonts from um, uh, uh, Frank Herbert's uh, Dune novels um, and the uh, uh, font from um, uh, Lynch's Dune um, and just this kind of like Middle Eastern kind of uh, <sighs> Like the, the, the architecture is, in, is inspired by Jodorowsky's, uh, it's kind of like, looks like, um, like Morocco. It's, uh, but, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I, I want to use it as an opportunity to kind of create a world that I would want to see on a screen. Um, and it was really fun. Um, all of that was just me. Like Kati just wanted to think about, you know, a thing that like put us between played on like anxiety and relaxation. Like and mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm there too, but like, I wanted to like, great, let's do this. You have some money. Cause you're, cause you're, I mean, I love that we live in a world where someone like Kaji can make it, where we get, you know, you know, queer men get to dress up in, you know, dresses and make like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like, it's just like, if that's like, if that's <laughs> the future John Waters wants and I'm just like, <laughs> there like, um, and I'm like, great. So if we're going to spend this money, let's make it really cool. Um, and, um, yeah, I'm I'm just so proud with proud of it. Um it um it kind of rhymes with my other two VR pieces. Um <clears throat> The Cosmic Laughter of Kuchi Banaka, which is also a drag queen. Um and then Dreamtime, which is kind of like if HR Giger art directed the Aurora Borealis. Huh. Uh, um they they all kind of stick you I'm trying to stick you firmly between um awe and terror, like or wonder and fear, like like <laughs> Like I want to create worlds that you 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 want to like the thought you think it's too much you want to go but then you don't because there's the beauty and the 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 there's things that keep you invested even though it is kind of aggressive and confrontational. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and do you think that this kind of immersive filmmaking could could it sustain? A feature, a feature film in that form. Is it something that yeah, a person can only watch in a shorter, a shorter bite-sized version? There are documentaries. Um, um, there are I, there are some documentaries that are feature lengths. Uh, I haven't seen them. Um, I don't know. Is to be to, to answer your question. Um, I have one idea. <laughs> this is um, it's a space isolation horror thing in three sixty that like is episodic and it's like question of how big are those episodes I, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know yet that's a question i don't know like mm-hmm. people say do you want to make another 360 or vr thing and i'm like i really don't know like i wanted to make dentist because it worked i wanted to make coochie so i got get to make dentist so it worked you know i want i started Dreamtime was an experiment so i don't know you know it was it was um the market and the art medium is still kind of resolving itself you know so i i don't to answer your question i don't know and that's kind of exciting Let's yeah. See what happens. Yeah. How so? How long was production for for Be Your Own Dentist? 
Uh, we shot it in um, two days. Um, and then um, we shot it in November. Yeah, November. And then uh, I was done in January. Um, I did everything in post, mm-hmm. ex- except for uh, the environments were made by a very talented um, environment artist named Ina Chen. You should look her up and hire her. She's great. Um, she made all of our environments in Unreal. Um, and um, but I did I did everything. I did all the all the comping. I did every. I mean, I did all the ed- editorial stuff. It was ten thousand eight K frames. Wow! <laughs> wow! <laughs> it's stereoscopic. Eight K by eight K. So it's like four. It's like it's like one plate of of a stereoscopic film is is the way I'm doing it is um, a square, two 4K images on top of each other. Hmm. It was like, it it was, yeah. I I, I did, I, if this would have cost a, a, a facility $100,000 to do, and I did it myself for like, not that much, not that, not that, not that much. <laughs> <laughs> so, so with all of that effort and, uh, and probably some computing power and all that time. So what do you, do you have expectations of the audience? I mean, if someone watches it and never moves around, is that a crime? Is that, do you, do you, is that, that's a great, that's a great, how do you feel about that? Yeah. So like, I think that I view myself when I make it in 360 video, I, I prefer to call them immersive films. I think that if it's stereoscopic, then it has, I think 360 videos are like things that are shot with like little camera balls that like are compressed like all hell. And, you know, like I think if I think, I think if, if a film is stereoscopic and has a lot of, you know, high quality rendering in it, it's really an immersive film. I don't like the term 360 video. But um, so to answer your question, when I'm making one, I see. So what are the tools you have as a, as a, as a, as a filmmaker? You have the writing, the, perform- the performance, the mise-en-scene, editing, right? Editing, directing detention, right? That is like off the table if you're making an immersive film. It's just gone. Because you, if you try to tell people where to look, you confuse the hell out of them, piss them off, they're going to take the thing off. Even putting one of those like infernal contraptions on your head is like a really big ask, you know, um, for anybody but the most diehard enthusiasts. So like if you start like cutting around in the movie in a 360 film, it's like, it's just forget about it. Like you can't, editing's gone. You have to approach it like um, a little bit like, um, like theater, like immersive theater. Um, and think about staging things around the point of view. And um, I, my ethic on it is I, um, I then, my job is to create a world that is rich enough in images, near and far, that um, my viewer then becomes the editor of their own experience. And um, they can... When she throws out those pliers, those when those pliers begin to rotate around you, that's a close-up. That's a detail. You know, you can follow that. You can stay in that detail, just like an editor might choose to stay in a detail for whatever reason, while the narration, while the action is going on over here. Or you can stay in the two-shot here, or you can get a close-up of one of the characters over here. Um, so um, that's my. My, I strive to make my experiences ones that you could exp- you, that will be enjoyable no matter how you engage them. I make them hard to break. Um, if that makes it, it makes any sense. Do I succeed? I don't know, but I really try. <laughs> well, it's. I mean, this and and anybody listening to this, you 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 have to see this. 
do you consider it a film or is it a music video? Is, is that a distinction that's important to you? I don't think, well, I mean, it was, it was a, it's a, it's a film. It's a, it's a parody on, um, it's a parody on ASMR videos, um, which is a YouTube genre. And it's a parody of a guided meditation. So film threat called it an art piece. Um, I consider it a short film. Um, um, I mean, it's on, it's a piece, it's, it's a track off of her album. So it's technically a music video, I guess. Right. I mean, cause you can buy the album that has the track on it. Um, and the, the track, the album's full of like kind of like Russian electro pop. Um, and then there's this, this one track in the middle of it about pulling out your teeth <laughs> while meditating. Um, yeah. And well, and I mean, it's, it, it really, uh, it sort of lulls you in and then really disrupts that as, as you get, as you get into it. Um, and is that, is that sort of journey for the audience? Is that something that is important to you with other, other stories that you would want to tell is that the, I mean, the idea of you're watching this, it's so calming. And then it, it really, it, it really gets pretty brutal. Is that, is that experience something you're going for in, in general? In other stuff. Yeah. I mean, it, it does, but it, there is a bit of an obvious Chekhov's gun. I mean, in the first, like <laughs> the second, the third line is grab a pair of pliers. You can set them aside. I mean, I think, I think, um, I think, I think when they pull the, 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 the face kinies off and they use, you, you, I think, you know, what's coming. I think, I think it, um, but it was that way. That's an interesting question. I think, um, I think the stuff that I made when I was younger was much more, I think, aggressive and trans, it was, was much more transgressive and kind of in your face and like the theater of cruelty, I think. Um, that's not as important to me anymore. I think it's good to like have, be in touch with that anger and be in touch with that and be able, be able to go there. Um, I'm, I'm working on my first feature right now. It's just, it's just a, it's just, it's, it's, a, you know, it's, I have a, I have a, it's, I have a script um, that I'm very excited about. Um, <clears throat> and it's good to be in touch with that side of me and that part of my life and, and, and be able to kind of put that in there. Um, but um, I think I'm, I think I'm, 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 I've grown past that as like my primary mode of expression. Um, mm -hmm. Although I, I will say, I will say, that being said, Katya did hire me to do another video for her, which isn't <laughs> out, which I, <laughs> it's even worse. <laughs> it's even worse. Um, but again, that's not really me. That's, you know, that's, that's the person I'm working for. And I still love it. It is fun. <laughs> I don't know. I'll put it this way. I don't know where it's going to be released. Okay. Where it legally can be released. Yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, but so go, going off of that, so what, um, what do you want to do in the future? What are you working on? What, what kind of projects excite queer, you? Queer horror. Queer horror. <laughs> I want, I want, I want to make, I want to make queer horror stuff. Um, that is fun and weird and scary. Um, uh, and, um, yes, involves drag Queens. Uh, I, I, I don't, I wish I could talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to make stuff that's exciting and challenging. I want to make stuff that's, um, yeah, I'm excited. I think that's an exciting, an exciting area to explore. Um, so I wanted to just 
ask a couple a couple questions. Uh, sort of, thank you so much for your time. We're gonna yeah. sort of wrap up a little, but um, I wanted to um, so ask you again your if you were gonna say your your three favorite films, and you talked about Star Wars, you talked about Blue Velvet. Um, but if and I don't know how you know pre puberty puberty, I don't know where you're at now. But if if you were gonna choose your three favorite films, and then I and then I wonder. Why do you choose those three? Why would you say those three? Oh, man, what a question. Three favorite movies. Um, it's just weird. I, I, it's like, like Star Wars is like, is like fossilized into my brain. Like, I almost feel like I didn't have a choice. Like, I don't like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't like, um, I almost feel like it's, you know, I have, it's like I have brown eyes, but that doesn't mean brown's my favorite color. Like, mm -hmm. it's like a part of, it's just, it's weird. I don't, um, I, I, it's a, such a hard question. Three favorite movies. Um, I don't know if I can do it. I mean, Blue Velvet, I think is, 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 is one of them. And whenever I answer this question, I always, the next day, like go, Oh wow. Why didn't I say that movie? Why didn't, cause like, you just think of something else that like, you just love so much. Um, um, yeah, man, I don't know. And that's not the answer you want to hear. I know. <laughs> I really, I really know. I, I favorite God. I don't there's so many ways to answer that question there's so many ways yeah i'd say star, star wars and blue, blue velvet are two and the third one man um oh probably eternal sunshine of spotless mind yeah okay yeah i think i Span, think that's spanning some different genres there but, yeah. but also some through lines dreams dreams are the through line Really, I mean, Star Wars is like, man, eh, it's not a dream. I mean, it's like a fantasy, but like, uh -huh. I mean, dreams, dreams, dreams are that one. Um, I think dreams, are, dreams are the through line there. Um, That's interesting. That's interesting. And I, I think it is. It is. Whenever I think about that idea of what's your favorite film, there's so many different ways that you could take that. As you as you say, it's is it. Do I want to sound smart? Do I, is this the film that I most want to watch next? Yeah, this... I'm not trying, I'm not trying to sound smart. If I was trying to sound smart, I'd say <laughs> like a Fellini movie, which I love. I'd say Tarkovsky, which I also love. Um, I was asked this question in Aesthetica and, you know, everybody gave like those answers, which mm -hmm. I'm fine, whatever. I'm, I'm not saying they don't like those movies. I'm not saying they're bad movies. I'm kind of like, yeah, you really bad. I was like, um, I think the answer I gave was, I think I said Mad Max Fury Road. I think I said Mad Max Fury Road or um, The Raid because um, those are examples of action movies that are not dumb and have soul and they kind of just throw, turn upside down the idea that something has to be complicated and intellectual to be good or fun. It doesn't. Mm -hmm. it, it, and it can, it can be fun and not be insulting to your intelligence. Mad Max Fury Road is, is a masterpiece. It's a masterpiece. And I, and I really wish there were more, more movies like it. I really do. Yeah. Um, and what do you, what do you actually end up watching the most? Yeah. Reality I mean, TV or, or Tarkovsky. What, what do you actually end up watching the most? What do I actually end up watching the most is a great question. Um, um, <laughs> I've actually been watching, I watch a lot of like Brian Yuzna, like weird, like early Cronenberg. Like my last, last few movies I watched were like society by Brian Yuzna, um, future crimes or crimes of the future by 
by Cronenberg, his original, his, his thesis film at whatever, mm. wherever he went to school. Um, I watch, I go to, I, I call it nerd church or like, just like pop culture church, which is like, we all just have to watch these movies that come out. Like that's just, mm-hmm. it's like church for us. So like I go to church in that respect. Um, like everybody else probably does with like Spider-Man's and Dunes and Batman's and all that shit. Um, but then like, I think the stuff that I really do enjoy <laughs> is like, um, uh, I like, I like bad, like, like eighties. Like my friend, my friend has a Plex server, the stuff on shutter, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my, my, my friend has a Plex server with just like terabytes of like, the most arcane, strange eighties TV horror movies. I mean, stuff from, you know, Japan and like, uh, you know, people that are living their genre camp fantasy and, um, it may, it may be bad. It, it probably is bad, but like the passion and the, um, confidence are there. And I think that's really important. And I really respect that. And that really does actually vibe with me. Um, and then I, I, I do like, I do like, uh, I guess the small, I've been watching a lot of horror movies, this, you know, the modern horror movies um, to see this interplay with budgetary constraints and scale really mm-hmm. compels me because as someone that wants to make horror um, in today's market, you know, it's important to look at how people do that, you know? Um, and so I guess a lot of horror stuff and I watch a ton of drag race with my boyfriend. That's like, it's gay football. Um, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, um, we watch, you know, so, um, horror, horror and drag Queens, there you go. That's it. And that's, you know, I'm consistent. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. That's great. Um, the, uh, you know, one, one, one real last question here. Um, there's a, uh, Christoph Waltz gave an interview once where he was asked, um, because he had been a a TV actor in Austria and Germany and, and he was asked, you know, did you, were you satisfied? Were you happy being on TV in Austria or did you always dream of being an Oscar winner? Uh, and he said both that I, I was happy doing that. And I also still dreamed of, of being an Oscar winner and, and, and all of those sort of Hollywood fantasies. Um, and so my question is what, what about what you're doing right now? Are are you happy about, do you enjoy, does fulfill you and what would be your dream down the road. Yeah. Um, Hmm. I feel like I'm really present, um, with what's happening right now in the world. Like, uh, kind of just what people's anxieties and hopes are, um, and how that can mesh with, with genre. I, I, I hope. Um, and also like, um, um, you know, the, the side of technology, like kind of where things are going from a production standpoint and how virtual production is being more and more integrated in these different new emerging technologies that we have to keep costs low, but keep ideas big. Like, um, that's really compelling to me. Um, so, uh, I I'm happy that I'm, this might be the only reason that I'm happy that I'm alive at this moment in history, (laughs) I guess. Um, uh, but that's a big one. Um, and I, I, I hope I, I hope I get to do what I want to do. I guess that's, that's, that's my answer to the question. I hope that I get to do what I want to do. Cause I have a lot that I want to do. I have a lot that I want to say. I have a lot of things I want to show people that I'm really excited about that. I, they keep me awake at night, you know, that I, 
and I, I have these scenes that I've written that I just, I want to share them, you know, like, you know, like, like I, I, yeah. Uh, uh like gay Tarantino shit. Like I want to like, I want to like, I've got some cool things. I hope I get a chance to show them. <laughs> well, and I, you know, from what I've seen of your work, it's you, you, the, the vision that you bring to it is, is just so vivid and interesting. Well, and and I, yeah. I, I definitely want to see more. Do, do you feel like this is, do you feel like this is coming, uh, ex nihilo from from your brain or is this are you curating all of your influences and and you know bringing that to a new audience where where do you feel like the the what you are creating is coming from right yeah i mean the references i mean obviously like like yeah like i'm i am summoning like a final fantasy character i am summoning like i'm trying to summon like my i like my gods like up through like yeah like um like i so there's there's that i mean it's coming from a deeply personal place <clears throat> it's coming from a deeply personal place um yes um i you know i really was never accepted for who i was by you know a lot of people that were close to me and um i i i have learned to kind of turn that into a power to like subvert and like kind of make you feel uncomfortable and uh, I've learned that if I do it in the right way, um, it works, you know, you know, D David Lynch, I, my whole thing is like, David Lynch is like, you can, whatever, it's a separate conversation, but like he, a lot of people just say, write him off as like, yeah, that's weird as shit. Right. But he has a huge audience and his films are like very successful. And I think it's like, if you, if, how do you talk about ambiguity without talking about David Lynch? And how did I do that? But um, like, if I think <laughs> Lynch's ethic or strategy is, you make it beautiful. You make it gorgeous. Yeah, that's cream corn coming out of that woman's mouth, but my God, she's gorgeous. And that red, the way that red satin falls into a, into a shadow, like this is a gorgeous image that I don't understand and it's kind of creepy, but I can't turn away from it. You know, if it wasn't pretty look at, you wouldn't watch it. So I don't know where I was going with that, but, um, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Yeah. Very vivid uh, though. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like I I like like um be around dentist and I want to get this in here. I don't uh, um it 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 is a reference to quite literally um the Incal by uh Yodorowsky and Mobius. Um it is a the symbol that they are where that, that is on, on the ceiling and in the back um and on the floor uh is the symbol of the techno priests um from Mobius and um, Yodorowsky's Incal universe that was just given to Taika Waititi to adapt. In the Incal universe, the Techno Priests, are, are, it was inspired by Dune, are a religious organization that creates virtual reality experiences that they use to control the galaxy. And the costumes that they wear in the Incal universe are these blacked out eye black things that are just like the characters in the background. So, so really, the be around this piece really is a techno priest exercise that could have been released in the Incal universe. And, um, a lot of people were like, um, pointed out this, you know, the, the, how I'm using Yodorowsky's frame and Holy mountain, you know, for the main setup. And they're like, Oh, it's like Yodorowsky. I'm like, yes, it is. But not how you think it is. It's actually <laughs> like the Incal. 
So, um, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm channeling my own stuff through the things that have gotten me excited in the hopes that they'll excite other people. Yeah. And that's, that's just such a, I mean, that's, that seems so great, especially, you know, talking to you, seeing how, uh, much passion you have for this whole medium and, and, and how much effort you've put into learning from so many other people that combining those influences and what you've, what you've gleaned from that with your own original creativity that I, th- I think that's what creates the, uh, you know, the original voice that you're bringing here. Well, I'm really glad you think that I, 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 I'm, I'm very proud of it. I, I hope I get to do it more. Um, and it's taking me a long time to, to, to make things look like this. And, um, I'm just really getting started. I think, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> well, I definitely look forward to, to seeing more of your stuff and, if if people want to learn more about you or follow your projects, is there a, a place for them to go? Yeah, um, I am Sims Mode S I M S M O D E on Instagram and Twitter, um, and that'll have a link to my my website, which you can explore. My website is wjsims.com. Uh, it's got uh, kind of links to my other projects um, and stuff like that. Um, yeah, you should uh, look at. Oh, you should also look at. Um, Look at the, watch the cosmic laughter of Coochie Banaka. And, um, I'm not sure if Coochie, if Coochie is even working anymore or like that's spelled C U C C I E like Gucci, but Coochie. <laughs> um, I, I'm not sure if she's working anymore. She's a, she's an amazing person and artist. And, um, I really want to try to get, uh, her attention and followers, um, Search for her. I don't, last time I searched for her, her socials were down, so I don't know what's going on. But I, <laughs> she's great. <laughs> okay. Well, well, great. Well, thank you for thank you for your time. Thank you for uh, pointing us in in all sorts of good directions to uh, to 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 find new new material and uh, and I look forward to, to seeing what you come up with next. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for um, for sitting down with me. This has been really great, Peter. Thank you. And that brings our episode to an end. Thank you for joining us. You can find out more links and information on the show notes or go to topnewfilmmakers.com where we'll have links, information, transcripts, whatever you want, you find it there. So thank you and come back next time where we'll be talking to more filmmakers that you might not have heard of, but should definitely pay attention to. I'm Peter Kimball. Thank you.